0: I personally want to hear a business case for the metaverse. As long as it's going to involve those little puppet people that Mark Zuckerberg had in those in that presentation when he introduced Meta. (laughs) We're going to talk about Web 3.0 and the Metaverse and why these matter from a business perspective. I'm excited. Can you start by just telling us what Web 3.0 is? And then we'll also do an is for uh, Metaverse. But let's start with Web 3.0. To
1: really understand what's happening with Web
0: 3.0, some people may not even
1: kind of really be familiar with Web 1.0 and Web 2.0. A lot of, I think the listeners now, will kind of have grown up with Web 2.0 so familiar that the idea of a Web 3.0 just sounds completely random. Uh, So when I got in this game when dinosaurs were roaming the internet, uh, the the internet was about documents. You put literally web pages, and we still use the term web page, but it was a page. It was like a page and it looked like a print page, uh, except for you could kind of scale the browser a bit. And all that it was was documents that could be hyperlinked. And that was about it. Um, Then like the first real search engines cropped up several years later to because you you used to have pages of links like if you wanted to navigate things you would go to the equivalent of like a phone book or an encyclopedia of pages and click around the nav then they invented search engines uh and that was a little bit better um and then right around the when the, the dot com bubble uh no actually a few years after the dot com bubble things started to get interesting because when you're talking about pages you are not you on the internet you are a, you are a, a, a machine that addresses a server, but there's no sense of identity and there's no dialogue. You know, you're reading a page. So it's, it's a digital book. It's like you were browsing the world's biggest Kindle. Um, what happened in web 2.0 is we, we moved to, uh, the, the idea of identity on the web. So you started to be able to register on websites and be yourself and contribute content. So tons of terms exploded with 2.0, um, like, uh, like, like it's like social media, the concept of social media where we're not reading the web pages. We are the web pages. That was the, tra- that was the web 2.0 transformation that we could participate two ways. Something like Google docs was unimaginable at the first, you know, in the first incarnation of the web where you're literally, you're as interactive as you would be with a, with a desktop application. Like today it's so normal. We, we forgot that that was a thing. So that was Web 1.0 to 2.0. Web 3.0 is actually a, it's kind of a blurry term because we tried about eight years ago to, to do web 3.0 when the semantic web uh, started to really kind of get pushed. And what that was is rather than being about uh, pages uh, the original founder, uh Tim berners lee pushed the idea of putting out uh data. So structured data, linked data, the semantic web, uh, you know, structured semantic content, uh, on all these kind of concepts, um web ontologies, all those kind of started about a decade ago, or started to popularize about a decade ago. And someone tried to some, several people tried to call that web 3.0, but it never really took off. Uh much to my frustration, structure and semantics have been having a very slow start uh, on the web. So we've now hit Web 3.0 again, and that is a combination of two big concepts. One is the underlying power of what blockchain can do. Uh, and the other is uh, augmented and virtual reality. So, um, well, no, I'm going to add a third one to that for Web 3.0, which is the um, the idea of composable systems. Um, and I'm gonna get to that in a second, in a second. So what's happening w- with uh, web 3.0 is we are doing the things that web 3.0 10 years ago intended to do, which is we're we're trying to finally, uh, have another go at, at destroying the page as the primary, uh, paradigm for content on the internet. So we're moving to a, a world where we're trying to completely decouple, um, the The presentation of information from uh, the information itself so that it can be available as a service that be, can be composed into multiple different types, types of experience. So, you know, I, we do the, I'm, I'm an omni-channel guy. We do the omni-channel X conference. So web 3.0 for me is really making good uh, is, is forcing people to make good on the omni-channel idea in the sense that if you're going to present in virtual reality, into a system that might be composed of multiple services, some of them coming from third parties, mixing and matching your data into this new integrated experience for people, then you're going to have to uh, structure it and manage it in a different way and make it available in a different way. I'm gonna come back to blockchain. Um, so I, I'm trying to give uh, people
0: the least broy, y hype definition of blockchain <laughs> that oh, I'm I can. Ready. I'm ready. Your site? I, I I've been no, I've been waiting for this. This is this is a, a moment my life has been building up to. Let's I wanna hear it. Come on. I've heard so many broy <laughs> definitions of blockchain. I've heard about how it's gonna change my life. It hasn't. So like <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for it. Lay it right. on me. So basically
1: okay let's forget about the word blockchain for a 2nd A I'll paint your scenario. We are gonna plan a big uh, we're going to plan a big event together, like a wedding or a, or a, you know, a uh, conference, a conference, conference about content. Yeah. yeah. A conference about content. We're going to, but we're going to do it collaboratively.
0: We're all going to put,
1: you know, we're not going to, nobody's going to, nobody's going to be the lead. Nobody's going to sponsor anybody else. Okay. We're all going to put our money in a pot and we're going to, you know, people are going to pay for drinks and other people are going to pay for the venue and other, you know, It's it's going to be a, co- a collaborative thing. Got it. How do we manage the decision making process and the budget? Mm -hmm. we're going to set up an email uh, group and every single thing that's going to be decided about the budget, we're going to send an email out to the group and then the group has to reply that we agree. And therefore in that email chain, everybody's got a copy of it in their inbox. Mm -hmm. So there's no way to have any confusion that you can't, uh, you can't check the, check the history of. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a copy. So everybody on any decision can say, I did or didn't agree this. I, I did receive this on this date and this person replied. It was okay. It was, it went through the process. It's an approved thing, etc." cetera. What you have there is a, is a system that you can get a hundred percent trust because you don't have to trust anybody. Yeah, You don't have to trust any individual in the system because everyone keeps a copy of everything. So therefore, we can completely trust the system and then not worry about whether this person is going to be slacking or making decisions on their own. Nothing that isn't in my copy that I have on my server is valid. And same thing for everybody else. So by everyone having a copy of the whole history of everything, then we have a system where we can collaborate much more effectively, much more quickly, because no one owns the data. No one owns the database. No one owns... Anything. Everybody keeps their own copy in a distributed way, and so what? Block that is a blockchain. A blockchain is a system where there's copies of it all over the place, and there is a there is an approved process for adding anything to the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Therefore, in business, we have this opportunity to create these databases where, because nobody owns the database, the database is kind of everywhere. We've created a cloud database, and then. You can completely trust them because any uh, any individual who participates with it can always see that there's uh, the whole audit trail of everything that happened in that in that database. And it's and it's right only. You cannot go back in a sense, you can't go, you can't delete an email from my inbox. Everybody, you know, each copy is perfect and only can it be added to. So what that does is it lets people create systems where they don't have to trust each other. We can put out Code. We can put out contracts. We can create little functions, and we can put them out there with blockchain-backed technologies. And then we can completely trust that that thing is going to be there, and we because we have complete visibility into it, and to and assurance that everything that we've discussed about it is is not uh, misinterpretable or or or, or uh, mistakeable. There's something called a, a, like a smart contract, for example, where you actually program the clauses of a contract into the blockchain, and then it's out there in, in the distributed world. So everybody knows exactly how the contract works, and the contract can be self-enforcing because you've you've coded the clauses. So if I have to give the money by this date, and this doesn't happen, then that doesn't happen. Um, and so what what we're doing is we're creating a model. Where because we can trust these systems so implicitly, because, because they're they have this kind of infallible record nature, we're able to get together and build things faster, more collaboratively, across language barriers, across national barriers in a way that we never have before. So this is why blockchain is the basis of things like cryptocurrencies. Um I'm not promoting or denigrating cryptocurrencies, but the idea is. If we can all trust each other, then we can even invent a currency if we want to. It's that kind of powerful because it removes the need for these central control systems like like Google or your ISP or Facebook or or even the government to arbitrate this thing. This thing is self-controlling and it lives in the cloud. So if you take that and you add this ability to take these services and these applications, which we can all throw together... And put it into uh, the into a, into a completely service-based architecture. Then I, I, the way that I can, you know, I can get Wix or I can go on Shopify and I can make a website today. We're going to be able to build our own applications. You know, if I want to build a Photoshop that is exactly to my liking, then I'll be able to put that together from all these little services of all these little pieces of functionality that people can put out there we can all work out the licensing and I can resell this thing I've made from these composable services. So it's a, it's, I like to say the, we, we went from a web 1.0 that was a library to a web 2.0. That was like a, a, a dialogue based system, you know, and well, web 3.0 where the, the internet is one big computer, which we can all program together.
0: That's an interesting way of putting it. Um, And so fundamentally based on like what I know of blockchain and I'll I'll admit that it's limited. Um, you know, I'll, I'll agree with that. You know, that that your definition is, is accurate. It's a distributed database effectively. Um, the, I think the place I'm still stuck with blockchain and blockchain based technologies is that coming from an engineering background, um, the idea that you can just snap things together has no, I've never really seen that work out in practice. Right. So I just read this Twitter thread from this guy. Um, I don't know what was it yesterday. And he was like, I'll tell you teach you how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year business. And he was like, just go download uh, a template for a CRM and then <laughs> pick some people that could use a CRM and then market to them. <laughs> and he was totally serious. And like his business is some like zoom info competitor where you can go and download lists of leads. Right. So like <sighs> he was just promoting the idea that you could like cold email people basically. And it was like the single dumbest thing i heard my entire life. Right. Um, and it sounds really great. In pre- it, it, so it's one of those things that sounds really great on the surface. And this is the challenge I've had with blockchain. This is like, Oh, okay. So we have a completely and totally like, um, like you know, bomb-proof database. But distributed write is less efficient. So there's going to be natural limits on what we can actually write into this database, right? Like you wouldn't be able to do, like um, you wouldn't be able to do like uh, high levels of computation on the database because, like, you're just you can't. Like it's like the data is too. You can't store large complex data sets in a blockchain, uh, to my knowledge um at this point in time because like um the ability to update all the nodes and all those kinds of things and then like re-access that data and then index it and those kinds of things like the reason that having things closer together is beneficial is, is efficiency um although i'm sure that people are working on it to some extent but there's also the fact of the matter is like you look at um so you look at the data architecture for the product that i'm most familiar with which is hereto like you just couldn't keep all that data for a customer on a single computer right like it's just it's too much data, um, so you couldn't really use a blockchain effectively for those kinds of applications.
1: Uh, wait, wait can I uh, let me let me come in there. So, uh, first of all, I don't want to get this into a deep dive technical architecture debate, right? Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna shortcut that by saying a few things. One is that none of the things that we do now on a daily basis in Web 2.0 were remotely imaginable in Web 1.0. The servers weren't fast enough. Connections weren't fast enough. Architectures weren't there like that kind of we can't do it now is not really relevant at the beginning of a new web.0 discussion, because you've got to be thinking about this all happening on networks and computers that have all gone through several generations of orders of magnitude uh, power increases. So uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll. I don't want I don't want to get bogged down into discussing Moore's law and 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 server speeds and stuff like that. The point is um, when you have a, a a trustless system, yeah, you can start to do this. You can start to compose systems. I want to make the point about it never working. And you said, you know, I've never seen it all snap together. And and you you absolutely totally have because again, back in dinosaur times, I was invited to talk about the future of information and communication technologies uh, at a conference in Amsterdam, and this was two thousand and like
0: two. Um, I had like a full head of hair. This is ages ago, and um, I have literally I, never seen you with a full head of hair. That's how long ago this was. That's how long ago this was, and I said the future uh, was going to be. Uh,
1: dissolving the monolithic systems that we knew. So like Microsoft Office and things like Documentum and these mammoth, the the thing that like these enterprise software packages that did it all for everybody, Um, all that had to go. And I described a future where we were going to get granular to the point where I talked about the color. I always use the example of the color picker, like because I used Photoshop and I used Word. And in Photoshop, there's this very sophisticated color picker with all these different options of how you can just say what color you want. And Mm -hmm. in Word, they have this crappy thing with like 30 options or something like that. Um, And I talked about a time when I could choose to use the color picker from this other vendor and use it in my application. And that happened because we've seen the, the entire plugin economy. We've seen the app economy. We've seen the 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 idea of um, when I share content from whatever app onto whatever app, it can the, the idea of cards, you know we can take titles, tags, metadata, you know, digital payload, like a video or an image, and it all just works. You know we've established standards and and now we can do things uh, by mixing and matching things from different people. Uh, in a way that, again, was unimaginable uh, 20 years ago.
0: Content rules,
1: but it can be a lot. I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of these topics are connected, but our short podcast episodes barely scratch the surface. Have no fear, because in the description, we have links to videos, blog posts, and other information that help shine some light on some of the more intense, murky topics. In no time, you're going to have a little bit better idea about structured content and enterprise content strategy. Hope you enjoy.